You are now listening to a Real Media Network production. Welcome back to Come About, a minute-by-minute rewatch podcast of Titanic. Here we are at minute 154 of the film. I'm Mike Brace, (laughs) and I'm here with my wife, Jenna. Hello. I basically just waved at you. (laughs) (laughs) That helps me out so much. Uh, Prayer for the dying. Yeah. You almost didn't just do anything you almost didn't signal to me at all the minute no i wasn't going to but then i could see you looking at me waiting for it and i was like i'll deliver <laughs> but Delivered I, the bunch of <laughs> I put like nonsense. 540 yeah. <laughs> all right so what happens in minute 154 of the film jenna well 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 it is actually one of the most memorable minutes yeah, for me. Yeah, right? The guy hitting the yeah. propeller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that always stuck with me. Uh, so, yeah, the ship is just continuing to make its way up. People are sliding down. Did you hear? Hear what? <laughs> the What? Uh, so people are sliding down and it's kind of funny. It kind of just looks like a couple of like the outtakes of people just sliding down. Um, oh yeah. Anyways, uh, oh, you also see it goes back and forth to shots of China falling and crashing down, which mm-hmm, you do mm-hmm. see in A Night to Remember as well. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. anyways... Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so there's a quick scene where a woman is holding on to somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear? Hold on, miss, what? Trudy. Oh, so that was... I think so. That's That's Rose's maid. uh, Maid, yeah. T, Trudy. Oh, wow. You didn't hear it? Hey, do we have subtitles on? I don't know if that would have been picked up in subtitles. Because it was I didn't such know, a I heard, hold background. on, Miss... Trudy, yeah. And then she doesn't hold on. And uh, she falls down. And um, then it kind of goes up back to Jack and Rose. And a guy... Does he jump or does he just fall? I think he falls. He falls. Anyways. Oh, well, first of all, you see someone jump or fall right from the edge of the stern... And it really uh, gives you a perspective on how far that falls. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. I wonder, yeah. oh, hundreds of feet. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't survive the fall. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying, why would you jump? I guess if you just want it over with. Um, I don't think you could survive a fall like that into water. Because that's like hitting cement, mm-hmm. right? Especially yeah. if you belly flop. Um, anyways, so then you see another guy fall and or jump. According to what I'm reading, he jumps. He jumps. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. 
probably hoping just to, like, go die hitting the water, but he's a little fumble. His, uh, he's jumping. So in this shot, because the first guy, uh, you're looking from outside of the ship, and it kind of pans down with him. But this shot, it's from the stern Kind of from the down. baker's perspective. Oh, does he, like he... push him? No. Oh, okay. No. What? <laughs> but it, it's it it's him. He takes a drink and then he looks over and then it's that shot of oh, the guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he jumps and he's falling and then his legs hit the propeller and the rest of the time he's until he hits the water is just he is a propeller now. Like he's just spinning. Uh, <laughs> this is sad, but it reminds me of that video of the woman. I think it was an older lady being rescued by a helicopter ambulance in the wind. Oh, <laughs> She's like in the stretcher yeah. and her poor oh, body's man, just spinning. I can't even think about that without getting nauseous. Yeah. Like, That's oh. bad. Anyways. Yeah. So. <laughs> like, yeah, the, she's fine. <laughs> like I, I know like they said like. She was fine. It's like, no, she probably, she's probably covered in vomit. Um, so I didn't realize this happened before that, but, um, yeah, you see the baker climb up, um, over the, the railing, uh, and Jack and Rose are still, um, on the other side side. and he takes out his whiskey Flask. flask and takes a swig and, um, yeah, and so then, just at the end of the minute, you um, you you go to the lifeboats, specifically the one with Ruth in it, and um, yeah, it's just a close up of you know it pans into her as the passengers are or the survivors are watching. Can you imagine like you these people would probably have like such bad like survivor guilt or whatever that's called like, oh yeah i mean you're you're happy that you're saved but especially a lot of these women have husbands and but then i feel like we've read things where like people you know were horrible and like saying mm-hmm. yeah like yeah horrible things yeah but, yeah you would hope um most of them feel pretty yeah bad about it but i mean well, I don't know. That's kind of not nice to say. Like, yeah, no one. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying yeah, that. I like, imagine you should like have. you can have like so many feelings at once. Because yeah. like, yes, you know, yeah. you maybe left a loved one on the ship, but you also don't want to go back and risk your life. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Um... So it's panning towards Ruth, and she's just looking at the ship in horror. And it's kind of driving me nuts because you would think if you're doing this, like, intense close-up of a person, you're going to try pretty hard to get the focus right. But she's Mm. not in focus because I'm trying to look into her eyes, and I'm trying to see if they impose... The, the Titanic of, into her. Doesn't really seem like. I think I kind of see it, but maybe yeah. it's not. Anyways, that's just a very side note. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Have you been noticing, like, the fake breath a lot? I've been mm-hmm. noticing it a yeah, lot. Yeah, especially not... when Rose was looking yes, at the women. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty not, intense. Yeah. But, I mean, I've never noticed it until Yeah, and now. I'm only noticing it because I'm looking Just for like it. Just like the stars. Like, when that guy, the whole time the guy was falling and it was panning down, you could still make out every single individual yeah. star. <laughs> uh, okay. So... Before I get in a bit to um, the baker, I'm gonna talk a bit more about the um, more about the filming of the scene. Okay. So uh, the climatic scene, which features the breakup of the ship. So this is okay. Maybe I'll say this actually. Okay. Yeah, because that's more for that moment yeah. when it breaks up and. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was... Okay. Uh, I'm interested on how they did do that, because you see people fall into the hole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, we'll we'll talk uh, a bit about the baker. So, when the stern of the ship is vertical, Chief Baker uh, Jockin... Jockin. Jockin. Charles Jockin. Uh, who is played by Liam Tui, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Is drinking from a flask. Mm-hmm. Jockin was one of the few to survive the freezing water. Allegedly oh. due to the alcohol, but this is disputed as unlikely since alcohol is known to accelerate hypothermia, not to help resist cold. Oh. The scene was added after Liam showed the flask to James Cameron, explaining that it was a family heirloom as old as the Titanic itself. Okay. Yeah. So, James Cameron was like, yeah! Yeah. I'll put you drinking from the... Oh, I actually muted it this time. There's a bit more here. So, the man in white next to Rose and Jack clutching the railing as the ship went vertical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the chief baker for the ship. Uh, he survived and has one of the most notable survival stories. He was able to stay alive in the water for an extraordinarily long time. A couple of hours. Treading water and clutching to debris. At daybreak, he finally saw a lifeboat collapsible bee and swam to it, but it was partially filled with water and there was no room for him, so he clung half in, half out with his legs dangling in the water until a second lifeboat came by. He swam to that and was pulled in. The only damage he suffered was swollen feet. This was the feet? yeah. This was the second time he had survived a shipwreck. Oh my also god! Also being aboard the SS Oregon, Oregon, in uh, 1886. <laughs> I'm pronouncing <laughs> things so weird. 1886, which was, which also only had enough lifeboats for half the <laughs> people on board. He died in 1956. What killed him? Well, I'll get there because that was okay. just. Uh, what happened with that boat? Maybe I'll get there. Okay. Uh, That's crazy, isn't it? Isn't it kind of in? You hear about this all the time about people who survive multiple disasters. Yes. Yeah. Weren't you telling me about a guy like an airplane? Like he was in so many airplane crashes. Yeah. Like, 
airplane crashes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, sorry, quickly, before we get back into the baker, I'm going to go through the Wikipedia page of mm-hmm. the baker. Uh, him I'd never get on another ship in my life. At the same time, <laughs> if you're on the ship, stick with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's probably going to survive. So there's a... Um, uh, Titanic wiki page for the propeller guy. Oh, really? What's he? Na- oh, the propeller <laughs> guy. That's it. The the propeller guy. Is that supposed to be a picture? Of yeah, it's very on out of focus. Okay. Um, and blurry because like, it's zoomed in. <laughs> okay. So aliases: propeller guy, propeller man, gender: male, born sometime in the late eighteen hundreds. Relatives, unnamed father, unnamed mother, <laughs> class, probably first or second class really? because he is wearing a suit. Mm. Boarded at Southampton. How do they know? How do they know? Destination, New York. How do they know? Mm-hmm. Fate, fell from Titanic and hit the starboard propeller. <laughs> <laughs> Quotes. Ah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> The propeller guy was a passenger, most likely first or second class, on the Titanic in the 1997 movie of the same name. He was probably in his 20s or 30s when the Titanic sank and had black hair. He either (laughs) couldn't, wouldn't, or didn't get into a lifeboat when the ship was sinking and acquired a life jacket at some point and was wearing a gray suit and black boots when it went down. He ended up at the stern, jumped, and hit the massive propellers and died on impact, falling into the water. Hmm. This was witnessed by Chief Baker Charles Jockin. Would he die on impact? Like, I... Yeah, I don't know if they're saying he died... Yeah, I don't know if they're saying he died from impact there or Hmm. died from impact on the... Probably the water, Now, was this just... James Cameron being dramatic and... Uh, well, I looked it up. Uh-huh. There's no reports of yeah. anyone hitting the I propeller. mean, it's possible. Well, yeah, like, that was just me doing a quick... Yeah. The only things that come up are... The only are ones that. that would really know are the ones that died on the Titanic. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Hmm. Uh, but back to Charles John Jockin. He was born August... 3rd, 1878, and he died December 9th, 1956. He was a British-American chef known as being the chief baker aboard the RMS Titanic. He survived the ship's sinking and became notable for having survived in the frigid water for an exceptionally long time before being pulled in Mm -hmm. onto overturned collapsible It's crazy, because like... If it's not the alcohol... With virtually no ill effects. He is, like, not a big man. Like, you would think, okay, maybe yeah. he's oversized and yeah. has extra body heat. Yeah. No. Uh, so, early life. Charles Jockin was born in Patton Street. Is that... <laughs> the street? Uh, I Is that the street know. of a hospital? Was born in Patton Street, next to the West Float... In Birkenhead, England, on August 3rd, He was born 18th. on a street next to a flood. <laughs> Is there a hospital there? Patton? P-A-T-T-E-N? Yeah. Um, hmm. Uh, so, his father, John Edwin, was a 
license Dorkenhead, you said? Yeah. Victualer? And Ellen doesn't say anything that she did, or what she was. Uh, he first went to sea in 1889 at age 11, and, lady, man, and later became chief baker on various White Star Line steamships, hmm. notably the RMS Olympic, Titanic's sister ship. Okay, sorry, just to cut you off. Um, obviously, <laughs> this is a different time. <laughs> But Patton Street in Birkenhead, UK, is this big. It's a very small street, and it looks, I know this is, you know, 2022. It's just residential, so he must have been born at home. Probably. It was 1878, Jenna. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Next to a float. A West float. There's a page for West float. Um, the Great Float is a body of water on the Whirl Peninsula oh. of England, formed from the natural tidal inlet. Oh, I see the it. Yes, yeah, West pool. Float. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah. yeah, it's right there. Okay, cool. We found that. So, did you hear this? No. First time he was at sea it was eighteen eighty nine. He was. 11 years old, and he later became the chief baker on various White Star Line steamships, notably the RMS Olympic, mm-hmm. Titanic's sister ship. Mm-hmm. I wish I didn't have to say this again just for you. I've already said it for the listeners. Okay. Are you listening? Yes. <laughs> so, on November 17th, 1906, yes. in Liverpool, he married... Okay. Yep. He married Louise Woodward, okay. a native of Douglas Isle of Man. They had a daughter, Agnes Lillian, in 1907, and a Mm -hmm. son, Roland Ernest, in 1909. Mm. Good names there, huh? How do you feel about those? (laughs) Pretty Uh, good, huh? Lily, what? What was it? uh, Agnes Lillian. I don't like it. You don't like Agnes? No. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Don't care for Lillian either. Okay. Roland? Roland Roland Ernest. Roland. Roland. Ernest. Don't care for it. I knew a Roland before. Hmm. I don't. Um, Ernest? Okay. Uh, That's uh, like a description of somebody, isn't it? It's also a name, Ernest. I know some Ernest. <laughs> Are they Ernest people? <laughs> so, um, Louise is believed to have died from complications in childbirth around 1919, oh. and her new son, oh. Richard, was also lost. Okay. On the Titanic, he was part of the victualing with him, crew. like his another, like they were still yes. together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm, big gap. Yeah, yeah, between children, like ten years. Yeah. Yeah, because his son, his, so she, he, they had a daughter, nineteen oh seven, oh nine, and then yeah, nineteen. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were together until she died. So. Oh. Um. He was part of the victualling crew of the RMS Titanic during its maiden and final trip in New York. In April 1912. Oh. He was on board the ship during its delivery trip from Belfast to Southampton. Mm-hmm. He signed on again in Southampton on April 4th, 1912, in the capacity of Chief Baker. 
Jockin received monthly wages of 12 pounds, oh. equivalent to 1,520 pounds today, adjusted for inflation. Per and, a month? That's a monthly income? Yeah. Oof. And had a s- staff of 13 bakers under him. Wow. When the ship hit an iceberg on the evening of April 14th, Jockin was off duty and in his bunk. According to his testimony, he felt the shock of the collision and immediately got up. Word was being passed down from the upper decks that officers were getting the lifeboats ready for launching, and Jockin sent his 13 men up to the boat deck with provisions to the lifeboats. Four loaves of bread apiece, about 40 pounds of bread each. Uh, Jockin stayed behind for a time, but then followed them. Okay, hold on. That is another thing that they did. In a night to remember yeah, when they, they made first a point to were say, getting like, yeah, the lifeboats ready. Yeah, they were putting bread. And then, and then someone I, that's was like only really... in a couple boats, though. Uh, well, that we see. And then yeah. someone was like really upset about that, too. Someone <laughs> was like, as if we need that or something. <laughs> and they're right. Yeah. I uh, mean, I guess you don't know how long you're going to be out in the water for, so you do need it. You'd want to prepare a little bit, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I guess, but... So, uh, yeah, he stayed behind for a time, but then followed them, reaching the boat deck at around 12.30. He joined Chief Officer Henry Tingle Wild by Lifeboat 10. That's a great 10. name. Yeah. Tingle Jockin- Wild? <laughs> yeah, Henry Tingle Wild. <laughs> uh, Jockin helped... With stewards and other seamen, the ladies and children threw to the lifeboat. Although, after a while, the women on deck ran away from the boat, saying they were safer aboard the Titanic. Uh. The chief baker then went on to a deck and forcibly brought up women and children, throwing them into the lifeboat. Wow, they don't depict that in either movie. Like, Mm -hmm. this guy was a hero, too. Um... Uh, although he was assigned as captain of Lifeboat 10, he did not board. Mm. It was already being crewed by two sailors and a steward. He went below after Lifeboat 10 had gone and had a drop of liqueur, a tumbler <laughs> half full of liqueur, as he, was, as he went on to specify, in his quarters. He then came upstairs again after meeting the old doctor, possibly William O'Loughlin, uh, quite possibly the last time anyone ever saw him. When he arrived at the boat deck, all oh, the boats yeah. had been okay, lowered. There, oh, there was a scene in A Night to Remember. Was it the doctor and Andrews? The doctor was trying to get someone to drink with him. Do you remember? Yeah. He's like, I'm ordering doctor's orders to have a drink. Yeah. And the other guy was like, I'm working or something like that. Was it? Anyways, go on. Yeah. Um... All the boats had been lowered, so he went, uh, yeah, when he arrived at the boat deck, all the boats had been lowered, so he went down to a deck promenade and threw about 50 deck chairs overboard so that people, so they could be seen, used as flotation devices. Jockin went, then went into the deck pantry on a deck to get a drink of water, and whilst there he heard a loud crash as if part of the ship had buckled. He left the pantry and joined the crowd running aft toward the poop deck. As he was crossing the well deck, the ship suddenly gave a list over to port, and according to him, threw everyone into in the well in a bunch except for him. 
Jockin climbed to the starboard side of the poop deck, getting a hold of the safety rail so that he was on the outside of the ship as it went down by the head. As the ship finally sank, Jockin rode it down as if it were an elevator, not getting his head under the water. In his words, his head may have been wetted, but no more. He was thus the last survivor to leave the Titanic. Oh, so it didn't pull him down? No. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. According to his own testimony, he kept paddling and treading water for about two hours. He was also admitted to hardly feeling the cold, most likely thanks to the alcohol he had consumed. When daylight broke, he spotted the upturned collapsible bee lifeboat with second officer Charles Lightoller and around 30 men standing on the side of the boat. Jockin slowly swam towards it, but there was no room for him. A man, however, Cook Isaac Maynard, recognized him and held his hand as the chief baker held onto the side of the boat. With his feet and legs still in the water, Another lifeboat then appeared, and Jockin swam to it and was taken in, where he stayed until he boarded the RMS Carpathia that had come to their rescue. He was rescued from the sea with only swollen feet. That's wow. crazy. This, that's wild. Like, there, there should be a movie just focusing on this guy. Yeah. Like, wild. After surviving the Titanic disaster, he returned to England and was one of the crew members who were to testify at the British Rec Commissioner's inquiry into the sinking, headed by Lord Mersey. In 1920, Jockin moved permanently to the United States to Patterson, New Jersey. According to his obituary, he was also on board the SS Oregon when it sank in Boston Harbor in 1886. He also served on ships operated by American export lines as well as on World War II troop transports before retiring in 1944. After moving back to New Jersey, he remarried to Miss Annie Eleanor, um, a native of Leeds who had first come to the U.S. in 1888. Annie was a widow twice over and had a daughter, Rose, who later married Henry Stower. Annie's death in 1943 was a great loss from which he never recovered. Twelve years later, Jockin was invited to describe his experience in a chapter of Walter Lord's book, A Night to Remember. Soon afterwards, his health rapidly declined. He died in a Patterson hospital on uh, December 9, 1956, at the age of 78, after two weeks with pneumonia, and was buried alongside his wife in Cedar Lawn Cemetery in Patterson, New Jersey. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy life. What a... What a... Character. Like, and, like, they don't... Yeah, like, A Night to Remender mostly depicts him as, like, a comedic relief. Like, he's yeah. kind of... They just keep cutting back to him getting drunk yeah. in his room. He sounds so calm. Yeah. He goes back to his cabin, has a drink. Throws some boats over, goes decks, and looks yeah, for some over. water. Yeah, and then like He's he was thirsty. he was throwing women into the lifeboats, and like he was assigned as the captain of one of the lifeboats, and he was like, "No, there's enough people in there. I'm just gonna go keep bringing women out to the lifeboats and stuff." And then he just goes to his room and gets drunk, and then, <laughs> and then what a wow, what a character. That's crazy. <laughs> 
All right. I, I guess that should just about do mm-hmm. us. So, uh, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See you in a minute.